Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Con Man's Answers Show live every week. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to me on your favorite streaming platform to stay up to date with the show. Today is episode 69 with Bobby Ulrich. He's a comedian living in LA and he's also the host of Bobby For Real every Wednesday and Sunday. Go check him out on Instagram at Bobby U. All right, we're on. Welcome back, Bobby Ulrich. It's been a couple months now, dude. You've been doing some crazy stuff, man. Uh, just, you know, without further ado, just get into some of the stuff you've been doing. You know, it seems really dope. And like, yeah, just start talking about you moved out of the where you were living before. Did you move uh, states or is it just like a little bit of cities? Where'd you go? Just talk about what you've been going on since you've been on last. Um, yeah, it's been a while. I think I had brown hair last time I was on. Um which is funny now that I'm a blonde guy, but, uh, <laughs> so a lot has changed. I think last time I was working for the funk bros, um, had just kind of da- dipping my toe into the whole social media game. Um, and then recently, uh, the funk bros decided to go completely mobile with their channel. We had a contact house that everybody was living in, um, a bunch of different influencers and even, um, some of the people that worked there. Um, so that's where I was staying. Um, but the, they decided to go mobile and, um, everybody had to leave. So, uh, a lot of the creators that lived there got a new house in LA, cl- even closer to like all the stuff going on here. And, um, I had been slowly developing my own sort of things like with my own, um, talk show, my TikTok, Um, and then I've always been, uh, on the stand up grind. So they actually invited me to move into, uh, their influencer house. Um, so yeah, I just moved into, uh, a nice little house. Well, it's not super little, but a nice like big house with a bunch of influencers. And we're just here grinding trying to make our dreams come true. It's really great. Um, I'm close to a lot of the open mics. So I, I do stand up um, probably at least like five, six times a week. Um, I actually got a show coming up on Monday. I'm really excited. Uh, Francisco Ramos, that one guy that I did uh, stand up for uh, my first oh, yeah. time ever doing it. I, I reconnected with him and he remembered me and uh, dude, he brought me to like the comedy store and like showed me like the back rooms and like drove me to the improv. And I was just meeting like Eric Griffin, like a bunch of crazy comedians that like I see on TV and on the Joe Rogan podcast. And I'm just standing there talking to them and they're giving me advice. Um, so that's been pretty crazy. So I've been dedicating a lot of time to stand up, uh, obviously YouTube, um, TikTok, all that stuff. Just, trying to find my way and got some other cool things in the works. So it's been exciting and um, still like on the very beginning, but I'm on the cusp of Mm -hmm. um, a lot of cool stuff. So yeah, bro, that's so dope. And it's really cool. I think we talked about this last time, like seeing people that I knew in college, like, like literally we looked up to you you, and now you're like grinding, doing something else besides football. It's so dope. Um, But like what you're saying, it's like the beginning, it's always better to be at the beginning. I was talking to somebody on my podcast not too long ago, talking about how the beginning is kind of rough because sometimes you want to be bigger than you are. Sometimes you like, it's like not like you're chasing the cloud, but you almost feel like, your time isn't matching what you're receiving from it for it. Right. But then me and this, I can't remember exactly who it was, but we were talking, we're like, but the cool thing about the beginning is there's only up to look up to, you know, there's, there's only forward to look up to. And, and you know that all the work you're putting in is just gonna, it's gonna pay out one day. So that's really dope. And it's cool that you see yourself still at the beginning because that means all you have is green skies or blue skies and green roads ahead, you know? Dude, definitely. And that's so true. And it's all a matter of perspective because 
you talk to any of these guys too, like I do big collabs with other big creators and they always kind of feel like they're at the beginning. And I think that's the mindset that really like drives you forward. Like uh, just being a normal person and just like continue to have fun and uh, just recognizing that uh, at the end of the day, like you can't fail if like you're just, you're literally just doing your best and you're just having a good time with it. Then there's like no way to fail because we were lucky enough to be able to like do all this cool stuff anyway. So my philosophy basically has been just riding it out as long as I can and just like, you know, try to enjoy the process, but it does suck. Cause you want to, you want to get to like where you want to be. Like we're hardworking guys. Like we set big goals, but um, yeah, finding that balance is really crucial. And I think you articulated it really well, but dude, like you're doing a great job. Like I wasn't doing any, you already have a show going on and you're still in like college. Like you dude, you got to jump on, so many people and just uh, you're going to be learning so much stuff so that when you progress and progress, it'll be even better. So that's super awesome. It's just, that's why I tell everyone, like, you just got to start doing it. You know, like, mm. a lot of people like say like they want to do a lot of these things, but who's actually like doing the work and being consistent. And that's what really what it's all about because things will just fall into place. If you just actively pursue them and you just actively pursue mm-hmm. like different relationships with people. Um, so yeah, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. And there's two things that you made me think of when you were saying this is one is that I want to get to your show, talk to your show about how you're doing with insect. But first is the crazy thing about this, like what's going on, like while still being at Pacific, because you being someone who went to Pacific, you know that it's like a small, it's very small and it's everyone really knows everybody is that like, dude, I was at Ty's house and we were just hanging out. Like it wasn't big because it was COVID and everything. And this group of people came up to me and I, I think they played, it was like a mixture of basketball and uh, soccer people, you know? And they were like talking to me about my podcast and my show. And I was like, like, it was just, it blew my mind because I didn't like, if you don't check on, like, you don't know who's watching you, you know, that's, oh, and, yeah, like, for sure. and like, it was crazy. And like, you knowing Pacific and like, you started doing stand up like when you were a senior already. Right. Or like, that's like the first time you did it. Right. It was that one time we were talking about, but it was just crazy just like to like be like, Oh, you're the one who has the podcast. And it was just like, it started this whole conversation, but let's go over to your show for a second. Now that you've done it for a while, it's weird how it's like an art form. You know what I mean? Like you get into this mode when you're on it, you know what I'm talking about? Isn't that crazy how yeah. you get into this mode and like switches on and it's like, an art form of talking and Joe Rogan spoke about it before. And I didn't really understand it until I got later into my episodes, but now that you've done it for a while, do you feel that? Do you feel that weird art form that podcasting and like you said, like a talk show has behind it? Yeah, definitely. It, it, it just, ultimately it makes me, I love doing it because it makes me feel like my full self. Like I never feel more present and just more of like me being who I am than when I'm doing something like that. I don't know if it's, like, because I just enjoy talking to people or I like the attention of people watching me talk. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, yeah, I think it's, it definitely has that sort of artistic flow, like the flow state, um, sort of thing for people like us. We're conversation, like, you know, not everybody likes to be in front of people or like have like super uh, long conversations. People communicate all different ways, but I think if you're like super personable, more extroverted and you're just a, a kind of a people person, um, then I think, uh, yeah, you combine that with a uh, sort of medium that can kind of uh, exponentially grow those kind of skills and like be able to show like your true nature. Um, it's definitely like something that you really flow into. And it's very similar with stand up as well. Um, when I'm up there, it's, sort of like 
you've just, you feel like your ultimate self, which I think is like the true uh, expression of art is you being able to express something that kind of transcends your own humanity and your own thoughts or anything else about you. Yeah. And yeah, it's like that flow state you're saying. It's like, you really do start to flow. And, and I like how you said, like, it's the most present you've ever felt. I, I always say this. I don't think people, when they're talking to someone for a long time, like just shooting the shit across the table, they don't engage with that person as much as you like would like to, you would think you would like to. And then with something like this, with something like having a show, you almost like you have this behind just like our people are listening. So you want to keep it engaging. So you almost are forced to listen. And then by action, yeah. it becomes like, it becomes like a standard practice and you start to do it like in your day-to-day lives. Have you found that in your day-to-day lives, your conversations have gotten so much better since you started your Bobby for real show? Yeah, definitely. It helps. Um, like you said, you sort of have that thing in the back of your head that even in like normal conversations, you're like, Oh, let's keep this flowing because it needs to be interesting, which maybe could be a vice at certain times, but um, no, it, it dude, like that and stand up. It's so good to, that's why anyone that's all, any ever interested in like doing stand up or a podcast, I'm always like, yeah, just do it. Who cares if it's going to be like a thing, just do it as like a hobby because the skills that you get from it are so great. Like conversationalist, skill is so crucial in any form of work. If you can, the amount of like opportunities I've gotten and the amount of uh, experiences that I've gotten to like ball through with, which just came from me being able to like articulately speak well with someone, have like a good conversation. And uh, not only just being able to speak and like keep a conversation going, but the podcast has really taught me how to be like a better listener, which is way more important than being able to just be able to speak all the time. Because when you can actively listen to someone and be engaged in what they're saying, people respond really well to that. And people like when you're take genuine interest in what they're saying and um, it'll make them want to be around you more people are fascinating too. Like if you really listen to what someone has, they they have stories upon stories. One of my favorite, favorite things about this podcast, regardless of everything else is that I, I have a friend now who's a virologist and at a time during a pandemic, like COVID to be able to like, like, talk to him and just DM him questions that I have regarding the vaccine, regarding um, the whole virus and everything, the numbers and stuff. It's so dope because not everyone gets to do that. And I feel like almost like a medium now I had to have him back on because I posted a TikTok of him talking about the vaccine and it blew up with all the anti-vaxxers versus vaxxers. And so I had to have him back on to clarify what he was saying so that my, the people who listen to me can also like have the information that I just get because I met him. But like you said, it's the ability to conversate. Everybody can benefit from doing podcasting. And not only that, do the people you get to meet, I don't know if you've had anybody on your show that you haven't already met. Have you? Yeah. A couple. Yeah. And it's really cool because these conversations you get to have, you wouldn't have with these people unless you sat down with them. It's, it's, it's a fascinating medium. Yeah. And it's weird how like, if you like some people too, that I've like, I met them, but like, I was just met them briefly. And I was like, yo, I do a podcast. Like you should come on like, okay, whatever. And I almost like become better friends with them afterwards because then we have like a real genuine conversation. We learn a lot about each other and it's really cool. Like, and then after like that, like, it seems like we've already known each other for a really long time. So that's always a really fun experience with it. Well, also too, I don't know if you do this on your show. I haven't, I've, I've, gone on to some of your lives and I've sat there and watched minutes and minutes, but I haven't fully got to a full one. So I have to get to that. But you seem to like the way you talking, it seems to flow very well. And it's cool that you have the ability for your audience to engage with you too. Do you ever feel like 
you're going to have a studio one day or you want to keep it Instagram live? Yeah, I definitely want to have like a, like a podcast more like this, like, uh, and then definitely face to face. I want to do that eventually one day. Um, Instagram live is just great because it's sort of like a different kind of angle. I think the Instagram live it's, I guess it's sort of a podcast. It's, it's like a show podcasting. Um, but yeah, I, I like the Instagram live because, uh, it's super easy for people to just hop on Instagram and join with me. It's really cool to have a live audience. Cause I do like answering the questions. Like the fans get to ask, they get to feel like they're a part of the show and then it can be reposted. Um, it's also nice because the, my entire audience and then my guests entire audience like combines. So they can learn, my audience can learn more about them and their audience can learn more about me, which is really nice. Sometimes my guests have like huge following. So that's really beneficial just for my own personal accounts. It's caused a lot of the growth that I've had on Instagram. So that was sort of the strategy there, but um, it's, it, it's fun to like do it on, on, on that medium. Now, I definitely want to uh, be able to have like a more of like a studio, like Joe Rogan esque kind of thing one day. Um, Cause the live is really fun, but I feel like it could be more intimate with someone uh, in like a different type of setting, but it, it's, it's been really fun. The whole angle for the Instagram live sort of has been like a, like a FaceTime call that people get to watch in on. So mm -hmm. uh, that's been kind of cool. Um, just kind of started for fun and it's turned into a thing. And, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely see the, 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 the pros and cons of each, but yeah, I definitely want to have like a thing once it gets bigger and bigger, we'll see what happens. Well, it's very original, man. Like I haven't seen anybody have uh, a podcast long form style Instagram live shows. Cause I've had like, I've seen like, even the virologist, he has, science with Kenan and he goes on little like shows with people with like 20 minutes, which is very cool because it's science oriented, but you don't see yeah. actual podcast episodes. But to go back to something you said about the intimacy about podcasting, I think one of the coolest things is like, even us, like, I don't know if you do this specifically on your show, but, um, me and you even, we dive, I dive into so much philosophical things, death, life. We did this last time. I do this with everybody. And those hard questions, I found people really want to talk about them. People really want to talk about consciousness. People want to talk about religion, spirituality, things like that. People really want to have these discussions. And sometimes I get in arguments with people and they don't have to be like hateful arguments. I don't have to be like, fuck you, Bobby, but they can be like intimate debates about things that actually matter. And the cool thing about it, like you said, is when I see these people, when I talk to them, it's like we've been friends for years because these intimate conversations almost jump me over even my friends at Pacific who I have just shoot the shit with, we haven't even really talked deep enough. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Like a meaningful conversation, like one meaningful conversation is way more beneficial to like a growth of friendship than five bullshit conversations that you have with someone that you never really get to know. So yeah, it's really cool. And I think that's um, sort of like the Nate, I, I guess it'd be like the Joe Rogan effect, I guess, of why people want to express those things online. But it's definitely uh, with the amount of information we have access to and the amount of different perspectives that you can have now that we're all connect so deeply connected, just seems almost inevitable that uh, people will find it more interesting because anyone can talk about, you know, day-to-day -day regular crap. But um, I think the uniqueness of someone's perspective about a different philosophy or their religious practices uh, ultimately are just serve to build someone up or try to help them in their own life. So I think that is a really attractive thing for people to, uh, to try to explore. And that's why I think those uh, conversations really hit well with like an audience and also helps grow a bond with someone like, you know, uh, it's like the same thing with football. You get really close to the guys because you spend so much time with them and you're not just, you have like those, you know, early on 
conversations about just crap. But when you really get close to certain teammates is when you learn about their families, when you learn about where they came from and uh, just growing like that is really cool. And it's cool to see that when you're intentional with those kind of conversations, you can really be close to people in a way that you never knew you could. That's one thing about being a kicker. That's you have so much time. Cause like you guys real positions <laughs> yeah. guys are always doing something. A lot of the time we just like play games and stuff on the sideline, but a lot of the times we're stretching and we're like talking about things. Like that's one of the things when Dylan was there, it's like, it's really just, there's some freshmen, but it's really just me, Zach and Caden now. Like we're like the unit, you know, but when Dylan yeah. was there, it's like, I learned so much from them just being a freshman and being a sophomore and going through my injury and talking to them and learning stuff because you have like people don't understand dude. being a college kicker. You don't do anything except for when it's time to kick. Like, you yeah, it sucks. And you really just, the, the pressure dude, I can't even imagine. I mean, you blocked like how many kicks did you block? My freshman year, your senior year? Uh, dude, I was a kicker's nightmare in college. You really dude. were. <laughs> I blocked six field goals. Bro, that's so crazy. I remember. <laughs> hey, but it, was, it wasn't just me. Tui was yeah. a big reason why that happened. That's true. Because um, we would just destroy the guard and just – it was yeah, man. It was bad. I remember we weren't allowed to do uh, uh, PAT block in practice because we just blocked every single one and they couldn't even get reps during camp. <laughs> oh, man, dude. That year is funny, dude. That's that, I remember that because it was just Donovan. They were only letting Donovan and Zach go. And Zach kicks low anyways, bro. So you guys just with every single kick, they're like, all right, no more field goal blocks. <laughs> we have to go sit on the sidelines. Yeah, it was funny. But Let's transition yeah. over to – to you you swam with sharks you've been going how many times have you gone to hawaii in the last few months uh i've gone twice this year so far because it's like i need to get away from the california covid bullshit sometimes yeah but it's getting better here but dude it was so bad um but yeah i went i went um in january and then i went in may what was that like what was that experience like what was that experience like swimming with sharks and i mean hawaii is beautiful i haven't been there in a while but i'm sure you got to see some pacific guys like how was that how was hawaii and how was that experience swimming with those sharks and that stuff dude that's the main reason why i wanted to go because so many of the boys live there so it's really cool to have friends that can show you around um that's like the best way to travel Plus, you can just couch surf, and you just got to pay your way there, and then you get taken care of. It's just see the whole the whole, uh, people from Hawaii. They love to give you food, and they love to like you know the hospitality of people from Hawaii is like insane. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's awesome. Also, the editor for the Funk Bros lives out there. One of my friends, Kyler, and he's like one of my really good friends. So it just uh, the amount of people that I can go and see is really cool and it's like my ideal location because i love i love the i love the sun it's my favorite climate just hot sunny weather um i love to go surfing so like i'll just wake up and go surf every day it's really like a dream but uh yes yeah, diving with sharks was cool I, was, I didn't plan on making a video out of it but i was like this is way too gnarly to do it but yeah it was pretty crazy you just go out on this boat and uh you're just with some divers and you just jump like you're, you you drive out and you see you get to a certain part of the water like way out in the ocean and you see like sharks like the the dorsal fins like surrounding the boat because they're like attracted to the bubbles and they're like holy shit like this is real and then they're like the guy's got like a 
like a like a tin can and he's like flashing light to like rile him up I'm like don't roll sharks right now bro what are you doing right he's like oh they will get him going crazy I'm like okay this motherfuckers but uh you just yeah you just get a snorkel you just jump in there's like galapagos tiger sharks which are like kind of aggressive actually you have like your procedures or whatever but you have to hang on to the side of the boat and you look down and your feet are paddling and they're just like slowly getting closer and closer to you to like check out what's going on um, but yeah, and then they just let us free dive and like to be face to face with a shark was pretty crazy. It was like the closest thing to, I don't know. Have you ever gone skydiving? No, I haven't. Oh dude, you, oh dude, you would love it. It was a very similar feel to skydiving where it's sort of like a out of body experience because <clears throat> skydiving is like, you're flying through the air and Nick, you realize in a moment, you're like, as a human being, I should not be doing this. <laughs> like, this is not something a human should be physically ever doing. So it's incredible that we found a way to manipulate our own humanity in order to do something like out of human, like our own realm of physical capabilities. So it's very similar to sharks. I'm like, I should not be in the ocean. And it's so clear when you're down. It's like, I should not be in the ocean amongst these animals that could kill me in an instance. Um, I'm like in their world. It's like some, it's, that's something so cool about these experiences is like, you go into a world that isn't yours and nothing that is like takes you out of your comfortability or just anything that you know about life. And, uh, it really opens your mind to a lot of cool things, but dude, you should try skydiving. It's really scary, but like the initial jump when you like are like first free falling, it's like, it was, it's the, it was the most out of body experience I've ever had. It was, it was like, it was beautiful. And like, I've been less afraid of like death, and like so many things since then, like we're comfortable with death after skydiving, which is weird because I don't know, when you're just hurling at like hundreds of miles per hour toward the earth, you look at the earth, it looks like a ball. And then you're like, oh, those flat earthers were wrong. But, uh, <laughs> but then you're also like, dude, like this is insane that we could do stuff like this. It's ironic that you bring, not, it's not ironic because skydiving is cool, but it's, it's, it's kind of ironic that you bring that up because my last virtual podcast was a skydiver, a professional skydiver. Ah, um, that's awesome. Dude, and my he brother was, just got his license, so he goes all the time. That's awesome. Yeah, he Even was- like Elsinore were really famous for it, so. Yeah, he was telling me, because he, he's from England, and he told me he comes to Cali all the time, Southern California, to skydive. But yeah. I knew, I really knew nothing about skydiving and he does com- competitions and I don't know if you know anything about com- uh, competitive skydiving, but they do this thing called swooping. Fascinating. They go like, they're like, they go super fast down. It's, it's about speed. And then they like, they swoop the ground. They basically like run across the ground Holy like and, crap. and to like score. So they do it over water, but to like score, they have to have to like dip their toe in and stuff and they have to do like moves wow. and stuff. It's crazy. And he was like telling me and we were talking about it and he was like, I was like, how do you not, shit yourself that time like how do you stay calm and it, he was like it's the over like it's like the overexertion because it's like a sport it's like anything but he was also saying it's like sometimes you just gotta like not score on that round and you have to just like be safe and be careful because it is so dangerous and but i i was like so afraid of skydiving but like having an hour and hour and a half conversation with him it actually made me more comfortable to skydive i was like especially if that guy's my like trainer if that guy was like, oh yeah for sure i would be like no oh, trust man. me I, I was i was doing all the research like you look at the statistics it's more dangerous to drive to the skydiving place than it is to actually skydive tandem solo skydive is a little more uh, dangerous but tandem skydive uh, especially where I was, there was uh, like Elsinore skydive was like 1940s. It opened up and they haven't had a single tandem accident or death. So I was like, okay, that's comforting. And then 
uh, and then you look at the stats, like, and then, so then I also got the tandem and then I ordered the video package, not only cause I wanted some cool pictures, but I was like, okay, I got my guy, he's got two pair of shoots. And then I got a video guy and he's got two pair of shoots. So that means they got four bags waiting for me. If anything happens, if those all fail, then it was just my time to go. Like I'm, I'll be okay with that. If, uh, if everything goes wrong, I was like, okay, I'll accept that this is my time to die. No, but yeah, dude, it's, that's another thing, dude. Like, the fact that, like you said, like we're out of our element. The fact that people made skydiving a sport, it will just show you that humans can get fascinated with anything. You can. The fact that anyone just decided to skydive is insane. Like they just thought about like, hey, can I develop some kind of fabric that will let me be able to jump out of the plane in the sky and let me land safely? Like, why did we think it? Like, it's so crazy that like yeah. we've gone because like no primal neanderthal was thinking about how they could exceed the they just wanted food and you know what I mean? so we have to like we're so comfortable now we have to find ways to get that excitement and to test the possibilities of humanity it's kind of cool how you never think of evolution in that way of like us trying to do cool shit it's like we almost evolved to like want to do cool stuff because like it's it, that's just a crazy concept I think maybe I was thinking about this while you're saying it. I think skydiving might have been invented for war. They needed a way to to land into the like undetected into another country and boat is one way. And then skydiving is another way. Mm, so it was a prime. It was a scale came from the primal nature. Well, I don't know though. Don't hold me. I'm not accountable for anybody. I mean, but that would, I would, I bet if we looked that up, that's probably what it was. Cause that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I bet the first guy to do it, Tessa was like, this is awesome. <laughs> Actually, ironically enough, the guy who, do you know what the red devils are? Mm, it sounds familiar. It's the, uh, do you know what the golden Knights are? Not the hockey team, but but the Golden Knights, like the, the parachuters in the Army, U.S. Army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the Red Devils is the, uh, the British version. And that oh, guy, okay, gotcha. professional skydiver, is a former Red Devil for the awesome. Britain Army. So, yeah. So, it's – and then he, like, just got into professional skydiving afterwards. So, it is a um, – I think a lot of professional skydivers were once in the military. It is a very militaristic thing. And also that, like, what's more scary, the skydiving into the army territory or once you land into the, uh, into the <laughs> enemy territory, you know? Yeah, for sure. But, uh, you know, what were you going to say? Um, it was kind of unrelated. Oh, but no, I wanted, I wanted to ask you a question. It's sort of related. But, like, how do, you, um, how do you pull your guests? Like, I wanted to ask this from, like, how do you get your guests? Like, how do you find a skydiving guy? Do you look – like, are you just – looking on social media or like to get presented to them and you just DM them or like, what's your selection Basically. process? Like you have some pretty cool, uh, wide variety of people. I find that pretty awesome. Yeah, dude, that's basically it. I kind of have this, um, this, um, this process. I don't know what you call it, but I go on social media. I haven't really used Twitter that much. I probably should. I could probably find a lot of scholars and things like that, but Instagram, I will, randomly sometimes i use a random generator job cool cool things to do generator and then i just look up that and i dm four people sometimes one answer sometimes none answer i keep going and then yeah whoever fascinates me i get in a little conversation with them i chat i'm like i go on their page i go through a lot of people don't get me wrong let's go like 85 percent of people don't answer me they don't give me the time but that 15 percent that do 
I have a great conversation with them and they love it. And then they tell their friends. And also, so I, I do that. I look up random people, but I also, once I have someone like that virologist, I'll go through who he's following, see if he knows some cool people. And then I'll, because he follows me, I'll DM them and they'll see that and maybe they'll feel more inclined. So I've done that a lot. Basically I use Instagram and I find cool people. That's awesome. Yeah. It's crazy. You can just DM anyone yeah. and you can potentially get a response. The worst one I got, most of the time people just don't answer me if they're not going to reply. But the worst one I got, I hit up this guy and he was like, I wrote him this whole nice message. I was like, you're really cool. I was like, please hit me up, reach me, reach out if you're ever interested. And he just said, appreciate it. Nothing else. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> man. Oh, oh, that's like getting friend zone. <laughs> that's worse than getting friend zone. This guy, <laughs> I was like, oh man. Nothing. I was like, just oh, I hate when they just, like, I've, I've reached out a couple people and uh, they just give me the heart, like the, like the double tap heart. And I'm like, that's not a response. Okay. Same thing with ladies. Like, I hate that they added that feature on text. Yeah. Now girls can just leave me on red yeah. without any type of effort. Like they can, it's not leaving you on red, but it is leaving you on red still. They're just like, oh, hey, maybe we should hang out. They give me just that like. It's like, worse that like. Are you serious? <laughs> it's worse than leaving it on red because they acknowledged it. Yes, because like, they acknowledged. Just fucking leave me. Like I never thought I would ever say, okay, I'd rather be left on red. I never thought I would ever say that, but they found a way to make it even yeah. worse. Because in your mind, if you're left on red, you can make it seem as though like, oh, maybe they clicked on it and they didn't really read it and they accidentally, yeah. but if they acknowledge it, that means they read it. Bullshit. That's what I say. Like Steve Jobs rolling in his grave. Yeah. But basically I just had to become comfortable with getting rejected a lot, which is a good thing for life anyways. But a lot of the time for a while there, everybody was reaching, like a, like a lot of people I was reaching out to, um, uh, reach back, but I would give you this advice. Um, if you do reach out to people and they do like it or they do ignore, or they don't even acknowledge it, but they read it. What I would do is I would send them a second message, send everybody a second message, even if they didn't see it, be like, Hey, I don't know if you saw this or not, but I would still love to have you on just a short, quick message because a lot of people accidentally, even if they they're like, Oh, that might be a cool. And they acknowledge it or they read it and they don't even think about it. If they see that second message, they'll reach back or they'll just be like, fuck this guy, you know, but I would definitely recommend reaching out a second time. I don't think I've haven't, I haven't like cold, like DM anyone really for the podcast yet, but it's something I really want to do just to be able to open the variety of the type of guests and everything. But it is like, I definitely uh, want to do that. So that's good advice. Um, but yeah, it helps too. like the more followers I get because then when you DM someone with like a creator account, like he puts you on the top of the list. So I think it could play into it the advantage. Yeah, dude, I, even me, like I'm not in the like tens of thousands of followers, but even my account has gone from like one to yeah. like almost 4,000. So like, That's I was like, about, I was just like, people are listening and people are wanting and wanting to, uh, you know, the, the, the sad thing about it is though, because I am so young though, I've, I've, I've received a good amount of uh, hate too from people. And I think a lot of it, I'm just going to think about, I think of a lot of it is a lot of people want to do something like it and they just don't feel, they don't have the, the, maybe they're a little insecure. They don't feel comfortable enough doing it. And so they just reflect the hate, but dude, I've gotten some fucking hateful messages and I've just been like, ah, oh, man, that shit hurts. Wait, if you read them, I don't know if you get any yeah. hate. I hope you don't, bro, but that shit sucks. Yeah. Just don't read like, why, why, why do people care? Like you're just doing something that you want to do, you know, like you don't go to their job or come to their hobby and hate on what they're doing. That's how I've always thought about it. So that's like, people are just stupid. 
on another topic, um, you said you wanted to do some, you, you uh, want to get into some other things. You don't have to like, you know, spoil anything or anything, but I know you've been doing a lot of these reels and stuff. They're really dope. I just watched not like, I think like an hour ago, the, the one that was making me cry laughing was the one of the plane book. I was crying. That was really funny. I think it's really cool that you're doing like these skits and things. Is that something you want to do more? Just talk a little bit about what you want to get into. Don't spoil anything or anything, but yeah, well, um, I like making those for sure. It lets me just exercise the comedic muscle. Um, I love writing. I love making um, funny content. And uh, it all stems, you know, from the same pool of just trying to develop my own self as like a brand or like my own sort of like personal, because that's sort of what it is now, right? You don't really, the, the, the way to like pursue what you want in media is to just develop yourself as your own network instead of like going and trying to become a part of one because we have the outlets to develop that. So whether it be the YouTube channel or the podcast or my stand up or the TikTok, it's like, it's, they're all exponentially rising and just spilling into each other to help grow and um, emphasize the other ones. But yeah, I do the, I do the reels. This is good for growth. It's good for me to be able to um, uh, show like, you know, funny things that I think about um, helps me maintain sort of that passion. to like want to create like fun. I've always been like a huge <clears throat> key and peel fan, like any funny show like that has always been like a dream for me to make stuff. So it's like basically sort of doing that in my own way. Um, and now that I've been gaining more of an audience, I just want to keep playing into that to sort of continue to establish, establish myself like that. And it's opened a lot of doors for some scripted, uh, without saying too much, but like some scripted things that, um, are going to be more professionally done, I guess I could say. And I have some potential uh, stuff like some scripts that I've been writing that could be coming into fruition in um, bigger platforms being uh, pitched to uh, bigger um, outlets. So that's really exciting. So just that kind of stuff to be able to sort of practice and also show my chops as like a writer or creator and then just having fun because they're stupid and they're fun to make. <laughs> yeah, dude, they're, I mean, it's cool too, because like it's helping you grow. And the coolest thing about social media, like we talked about last time, the dangers of it, there's a lot of known dangers and really young kids, like even me, dude, like even you, like we're in our twenties, young twenties, like we shouldn't be hating our lives because we're not millionaires, you know, like you sh or like famous, you know, you shouldn't do that. Oh. And a lot of 14 year olds, 15 year olds, because they're not the Demelio, oh, I don't know how to say their names, Demelios, Charlie and the other yeah. one. They think they want, they need to be them. And it's like, dude, you don't know what you're going to want to do with 20, let alone 30. Like, you don't know if you would even want to be famous. You know, a lot of, you don't wish for something you don't know you want. And I get it. It's like, Klaus a drug. What are you going to say though? Oh, for sure. Well, and you, and I meet a lot of these people like the D'Amelios and not saying this is them, but people like that who have all this money and who have all these followers and they, you realize they have the same problems. They have the same anxieties. They have the same stresses. They have all the same problems that anyone else does. Just it's dangerous because they portray only the good parts of their life on social media. And of course you're not going to put like, some people like put the raw like hardships, but no, like most of these people who are, seem really successful because they are, and they have a lot of money, but they are, they're just people doing things just like anyone else that would do it with 500 followers compared to 5 million. It's the same act by a same human. And they have the same exact problems. Like even though they have all the money in the world, like 
they still get addicted to social media. They still have horrible things happen in their family. They have tragedies happen in their own lives. They have the stress of not feeling like they can live up to the, who they think they can be. They still have goals that don't come through. So like, that's what people don't realize. And something that being around it so much and, you know, meeting some of the biggest influencers and seeing people with tons of money, it's like, you sit down and you have real conversations with these people and they have just as the amount or maybe even more of the same problems or uh, issues with comparing themselves and all that different kind of stuff that um, can be toxic on social media. And sometimes they're not aware of it. Sometimes they are, but uh, you really realize that they're just people doing things. You tend to immortalize super famous celebrities like that. And you forget that, um, their grandmas die too, you know, you know, their fathers and their mothers get sick, their dog dies, you know, people have these yeah. tragic events in their lives that we tend to not think about when you look at people, you just like, you, a lot of people envy them or a lot of people, um, hate them for lack of a better word, uh, which is, you know, back to something you said about Joe Rogan, which is cool when you see like Joe Rogan or Jordan Peterson, all these guys who get their fame and super success later in life. Now, Joe Rogan was like, he was doing stuff on TV and stuff, but his super success, like the massiveness of him ha has started in the last five, six years, you know? Yeah. And to go back to what you said about his effect, you know, he, I think we're going to look back in like 20 years and people will really understand that he changed everything he changed oh, the yeah. game. he changed the name of the game really for sure it's kind of cool because you always wonder like who's going to be the next johnny carson or like howard stern and that rogan's going to be seen as um people i think kind of realize it but no one ever knows how really great you are until like your time has passed um and yeah i think he's going to be he's going to be immortalized as sort of the main guy for podcast which is the new you know, every, every, every medium has its superstar TV, radio, you know, podcasts and social media, are the big ones right now, but podcast is the new radio. It's the new talk show. Like mm -hmm. nobody's trying to get on Jimmy Fallon anymore. Like you, you're trying to get on Rogan if you're a comedian, you know, so he'll definitely be seen as that sort of figure. Um, I think people are starting to realize that, but yeah, it's going to be cool to be able to, cause my parents, you know, it's, it's, it's weird to think that we're in that stage now. My parents always be like, Oh man, like Howard Stern, like everybody knew who he was. he was the biggest thing ever. And like, you know, Howard Stern's still like a legend, but nobody really talks about him anymore because mm -hmm. it's, it's shifted. Like everyone has a new time, there's new spaces. And now it's going to be like, Oh man, Joe Rogan, when I was in college, like, and when I was like in my early twenties, like on the grind before I achieved anything that I did, like that was the guy, like, and then there'll be someone after him and there'll be a new platform and then there'll be something after that. And there'll be, so it's really, it's really, it's really crazy to think that, you never know how it's going to happen, but the times do change and they evolve into new things. Um, and it's so weird how like history just constantly repeats itself in just different forms of mm -hmm. people and different forms of uh, like putting it out there. The cool thing about podcasting too is, is that everybody can do it. It's literally just a conversation and being, if you just yeah. do it enough, and you're good at it or you get better at it, people will start to listen to you. It's like, it's oh, yeah. it, the only thing you're competing with really is people's listening time, you know, and you're not going to compete with Joe Rogan because he's still number one or call her daddy's up there too. Um, mm -hmm. But you don't need to compete, dude. All you got to do is just do it. And then all of a sudden people will be like, yeah. oh, dope. Yeah. And you, I mean, you don't really even need to compete at all because there's no, there's no game. Like if, if you want to, 
if you're, you should be doing it because you want to have fun and you want to talk to interesting people. And, and yes, you need to have a business mindset of it, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of pieces of the pie. Uh, and it's not like, um, you have to be the number one podcast in order to like even make a living or have it be like a successful show. Um, if people are listening and they like it and you're getting good responses from it and people are DMing you saying like, I love watch your show every week and you know, you, you can turn it into like a little bit of a business and you're making money and you can sustain yourself with it. Then like, that's a hundred percent a win. Like it's, it all boils down to like, just, being able to continuously doing something that you love is, is like impossible to, to fail. Have you found that since you've started really grinding for things like this and in, in the social media realm and in like the com- comedy realm that you've tended to enjoy your off time that you actually get because you grind so hard when you actually do get a day off or an hour off, you tend to enjoy it and respect it more than you used to. Definitely. Definitely. And the biggest problem is, um, creating off time. So like when you're, when your passions and your hobbies are also your work, it gets really stressful and like really hard to be able to like truly settle down. That's why I do like to go to Hawaii because I'll just lock my phone away. And then I'm like, Holy crap. Like this is what real life is. Um, and you do appreciate it so much. And it's like, it's something that I'm horrible at right now. I'm still trying to figure it, figure it out. But being able to have a day where you're physically off when I'm not thinking about like, how can I turn this into like a content or a joke or like, Oh, like I see this, like maybe I should film it even though I'm not really doing any work stuff, but like what is work, what is fun. It's so hard to find that balance. So, um, definitely when you get, when I get into it, it's like, Oh, thank you so much. Like you def- I definitely appreciate it. I'm like, this is so important. I need to do it more, but I'm so bad at it. And so many people are, but the lucky thing for me is I've lived with so many people that have been through it all and they're more established creators. So they have a lot of good advice about it, but yeah, I appreciate it more, but it's like very rare that I can do that. Cause even if I'm like doing nothing or I'm doing something fun, it still always kind of feels like I'm like never stop working. Cause I'm always thinking about like an angle I can do for this, or maybe I can meet someone that I can have on the show. But like, it's been really hard to try to figure out how to turn that off. Um, now that fun and enjoyment and doing cool stuff is part of the job. Um, so I still, don't even know how to do it, but I'm, I'm trying to learn. It's been kind of tough, but it's, it's a good problem to have. Um, but it can definitely not being able to like have those days for yourself and to completely unplug from like, um, the grind or whatever is, uh, is really important. And it's something that you definitely need, just need to be mindful of. And it all comes from like FOMO, seriously, like the fear of missing out. Like that's how I, like, I always feel. And so many people always feel that way whenever they're doing anything, even if you're doing something that you're not missing out on, but the fear of missing out on like a crazy clip or like some kind of angle that can help propel your status. It's just such a horrible, like rhythm to get into. But it also like when you have such a strong work ethic as like an athlete, like us, it's like something that you're just never stop thinking about. Like when I was in college, like how am I going to work out? How is this meal making me better? Maybe I can do this. Like it's, it's very similar to like when I was like trying to train and, um, and I had more of an outlet for that and I could like more relaxed, but yeah, it's just trying to find that balance. But yeah, you do appreciate it when you can yeah. get into it. Um, I bet some people are better at it than others, but I have not been very good at it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Sometimes I, especially like right now, dude, I, and like when football's, when football starts to like, I feel like 
I'm like drowning in like um, excess things. Like, cause like I haven't really taken a day off. I don't know when, cause I work in, like I work at a law firm for like making money for the summer. Cause I'm like a college student. I got to have money. I live in a house, you know? And then, I have to podcast and I have to work out. I have to work out five, six days a week and I have to kick at least three, two, three times a week, you know? And so, and during football season, every day is football school. I, I still got to do the podcast. I still got to make my clips when I can make my clips and I got to do homework. I got to read, you know, I got to do all this stuff. And so like, dude, it was, it, I do not miss school. <laughs> I don't miss school at all, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it just like, it's, it's, not that it's like helpful to see that you go through it too, even afterwards, because like, dude, like, like last night, like a lot of my friends went down, you see it all on Snapchat. People are just getting drunk, having fun. And I'm like, well, I know I got a podcast. I got two podcasts tomorrow. I got to work out. I got to kick. Cause these are my only days that I don't work. And I'm just like, I don't get to, sometimes I get to go out and really do that, but I really don't get to because I'm grinding so hard at all these things and people don't really understand it. Like, Oh, you have a podcast. And we're talking. I'm just like, bro, like you guys don't understand. Like I, I do this and I, I and I work my ass off and you guys like, like, if you're not really if, like, not to like put blame anyone. Cause if you're in college and you're grinding to do something in college, that's awesome. Or if you're working a job, that's awesome. But if you're not doing two, three things at a time, like grinding your ass off, I would highly recommend doing it because you have a newfound respect for just like re- relaxation. And I think what you said is perfect it's that athletic competitive mind. It's like that count, the competitive mind against yourself too. Like you always want to be better than you are at that moment. And so like for all of us, especially football, you never want to stop. And so when you finally get to put it down and just be like, all right, I'm going to take these next five hours off and just be with my girlfriend or be in the pool. It feels so better, much better than having weeks off at a time. Definitely. Definitely. And it's really important. It's really good that you're, thinking of this now because it's so much better to practice these kind of things and be mindful of them before you continue to do it, especially in this industry. It's like, but it doesn't even apply to everyone else. That's why like some people, they can go out and party and have a good time because they're, they clock out at five, they're done. They don't like, they're, they're content with, with what they do, like with the, with the more simple job that they have during the day or the tasks that they just need to get done, which is fine. Some people that's how they like to live. But when you're constantly pushing the pace and you're trying to grow your own business and your own things, like you almost are like, you're going to have to be a slave to the work until it pays off. But I truly believe that that puts you, if you're consistent with it and you don't stop and you do take time to like reflect, but you don't allow yourself to, settle for anything less than your best and for the expectations that you hold for yourself because there are no real expectations but the ones that you can give um to anything that you're putting time into then that helps you exceed far beyond anything else than what other people may have or what they want um not to say that it's bad that they don't have it but it's just if you want that like it's going to take more effort and only some people even have the passion for it or even can just like have the, the, the energy or the drive to really do that. And uh, that's kind of what separates different people from doing different things. Like that everyone's always like, Oh, how do these people make it on? Like, how, how does Joe Rogan do this? Like, it's because he wasn't settling for just like a standard job, which isn't bad if you do, but he wanted something more and it's going to cost you a lot more because it's going to cost you a lot of your mental focus. to like never stop. And it's going to, 
you know, there's, it's also, there's negatives to it because you're not going to be able to enjoy more of life experiences, like going out with friends. You're gonna have to sacrifice sometimes, you know, not going to a certain party or not being able to go on a trip because you have obligations to your thing. So um, it's just a matter of whether you think it's worth it. Um, some people, they don't care if they would have like a podcast blow up and they can have like a business working for themselves. Like that's fine. But if that's something that you want, you have to make sacrifices that other people aren't willing to do. Can you imagine how hyper successful people are going to be when those damn neural links are linked in and you're half AI? <laughs> Well, that's what I was going to say. Like the Joe Rogan is like the new radio. Like, I feel like there's going to be some type of virtual, re- like the virtual reality will be the next thing. Cause it went from uh, radio to TV to the internet. And cause <clears throat> now TV's dying. Right. That's why like, I studied broadcast journalism. I was going to be like a news person or trying to be like, but I was like, this is going nowhere all about social media and now like everything's online um the big networks are now the biggest youtubers the biggest streaming services it's not abc nbc like everybody's trying to be that even actors athletes are all trying to be influencers because that's how you make money that's where the advertising is that's just where everything is going and this is probably going to be a big boom for a while and then um and then there's going to be something after that. I think it's going to be VR or no. Well, imagine, imagine if there's going to be like some big uh, talk show or big person like in a virtual world and whoever that person is, is going to be the most famous. <clears throat> I want to talk to you about this idea I have and afterwards though, about, okay. about <laughs> some things like that. I don't want to spoil it, but I have this idea. Have you ever seen the midnight gospel? Mm-mm. You got to watch it, dude. It's, no, it's a show, dude. It's a show on Netflix. Oh. Duncan Trussell. It's Duncan. Oh, Trussell. I. Oh yeah, yeah. Is it cartoon? Yeah, it's his. It's he cartooned yeah, his podcast. Fascinating. Oh, yeah. Um, I think how fascinating would it be? This isn't it, but how fascinating would it be if we're sitting here? We both have VR headsets on, but you're we're in the same room, right? But you go in and and you're podcasting. You can be a different person. You can be in a different area, but it's still a podcast setup, dude. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, Oh, you have VR? Let's do it, baby. Right now. Dude, that'd be so sick. Like, just think about that. Like, and these these are nice. Are are those the Oculus Oculus Quest 2? Dude, worth every dime. I have not. I've only done VR in like, you know, have you ever been to one of the like VR places where you put on a whole VR and you put on yeah. like a pack? Dude, I, yeah. I thought, I don't know if it was zombies, but it was like a haunted one. Scary as shit, dude. Um, oh, and then I also did one Star Wars and I fought Darth Vader and like droids and stuff. <laughs> yeah, isn't that sick? It was so dope. When's the last time you were in Vegas? Uh, Vegas. Dude, I haven't been to Vegas in a while. I think it was for the UFC in 2019. Wow. Well, next I time I want to go back to Vegas. I love Vegas, dude. Yeah, dude. Next oh, time you come, bro. The energy is so great. What were you saying? I was going to say, next time you come, have you ever been to the Venetian? Um, it's, I think so. Yeah. So the Venetian has these shops and it's like you walk next to, you can even like take a, like upstairs. They have like, you know how in Venice they have like the water and the boats and stuff. Oh yeah. 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 yeah I've seen those. So you can even take one of those, but right on in the Venice shops, they have a virtual reality, like kind of game thing. And you go oh, in, you can go in and like, that's where I did the star Wars one and the, um, 
thing one. So they always have a new one. So I would, I would recommend checking it out next time you're in Vegas. Well, hell yeah. Are you in Vegas right now? Yeah. I mean, I'm here for the summer. So this is where I stay during the summer. When do you guys start camp? 10th of August. Nice. Nice yes. to see you guys get a full schedule, dude. Yeah, dude. It's going to be, only thing is bro like well one they're requiring vaccines which i don't have a problem with because i'm already i'm getting vaccinated but like they're requiring it so you have to but also the cases are rising so if they make listen i don't want to sound like a anti a trumpist anti-vaccination person but i'm just saying if they make us get vaccinated and then make us still wear masks because the cases are rising i'm gonna be pissed dude i'm gonna be fucking mad bro, that's not a trump that's just bullshit like they can't that's what they're doing in la now they're gonna start requiring masks again i'm like what like, how is it any different? Like, people are getting, ah, I don't even get me started. It's so dumb. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm as modern as you can be. But at some point, we just got to get past this. Dude, I literally, like. So, see, if they make you get vaccinated, then they make you wear a mask. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Also, I don't want to get into this because I don't want to sound like a bat, like this guy. But you make Olivia Rodrigo push the vaccine. That's so weird, dude. That's like the weirdest yeah. thing I've ever seen, dude. She knows nothing. It's all optics. It's all optics. People just kind of want to like say, people want to say certain things just to make it seem like they care, which is a good intentions, but like there's so much like stuff that isn't logical that goes on that it's just almost laughable well that's why it's just like whatever people are gonna do whatever they want as yeah. long as they don't come knocking on my door and force me to do things i'll just see it as an annoyance yeah dude and i mean you got it's work it we're divided more than ever right now dude and it sucks because most people are like we're like right where we're at dude just just want to live and just care about everybody just want to have their own individuality and they're taking it, especially at Pacific. You went to Pacific. They're taking away individuality, bro. No matter who you are, I am. Lo I am a straight white man. I'm not calling anymore, bro. I'm a straight white guy, and I'm the enemy. And it's like, bro, or or somebody's gay, or you're uh, non-binary, or you're a black guy, or you're a Hawaiian. It's like, dude, we're all just people. Or for us, you're football players. We have to. We always have to get that NCA speech about don't rape people. And it's like, I get it. Like we get it. You, some people need those speeches, but like we're, they're taking away individuality. I can't just be calling anymore. I have to be a part of something greater. Maybe I don't even want to be a part of it, but I have to because it yeah. fits their narrative. Leslie Halleck's narrative. So <laughs> good old Leslie. Good old Leslie. They just raised Pacific tuition because they lowered it for COVID and now they raised it. And I'm like, bro, I get to talk to you about this because you understand, dude. Yeah, dude, hundred percent. Like, and I think like when you get out of school, and I've just completely just—I mean, it could be so it could be socially irresponsible, but I actually don't think it is. Like, I just don't—I don't read anything about politics or anything anymore because it's all you realize because now because most of it is just crap. So it's not like you're being like properly informed anyway, unless you really like take the time to really find some. Uh, objective and responsible journalists. Like I, I, I got a uh, journalism degree. Like I know how to study like media and like different stuff. So I can like read bullshit, but like when I just get off and I don't, I'm not surrounded by people who are just constantly obsessed with this, these whole identity things and putting people in boxes and making you feel a certain way. And you're not online paying attention to that stuff. Then you realize like, 
oh, that stuff kind of just lives in its own world. Like, you know, like it's a social thing, just like anything else is like, it's not controlling the way you actually need to act, but it's just all perceptions and like people telling you how you should think or how you should be. But if you just tune it out, then it like, it's hard to, because it's so like prevalent, but like, I've always thought this and I don't care if it's right or wrong, but I don't care like what anyone looks like or whatever, what, whatever they do. Like most people are on board with this as well. Like, I don't think that just because you're black or you're white or you're gay or anything, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, dictate like your character at all. Like it shouldn't have anything to do with how I have a conversation with you or whether or not I want to hang out with you or whether or not I would just want to be a loving, good person. Um, Cause none of that stuff matters. Like we're, we're past the, 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 the times of like any type of um, uh, like, like, I've, I don't know. This is just dangerous waters, but like, you get what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't pay attention to any of that stuff because whether it's right or wrong, I'm just going to see people as people. I'm not going to recognize like anything that I do or don't have or something that's uh, a past generations that have nothing to do with me or nothing to do with anyone else. I'm going to take you for who you are and I'm whether going to like you or not, depending on if you're just a good person or you're a piece of shit. And I don't want to hang out with you. Like, you know, yeah. doesn't, I don't care about like what your skin color is. Like, I just want to like know the quality of your heart and uh, be loving to, to people uh, to not, not depending on any attribute that they have. It's interesting that it's, it's treading like you have to like tread lightly on the water too because it's like we're really in a I, like we said like most people are in agreement it's just those small fractions of people who are just insane dude who like dominate yeah. the dominate the arguments online you know but sure, off this I don't want but you realize too like when you don't pay attention to it you realize those people are just online yeah and they can't like hurt you like they can't like if your family and your friends really know who you are, it doesn't really give a shit. I don't really give a shit what, what, what anyone online would think about me because you can't really just like, uh, like you said, unless you have an intentional, real loving conversation with someone, you can't really know who they are. So it's pointless to like ever feel bad or like try to like, like pretend that you know that someone's bad because of something that they think or that they say online because you really don't know who they are. So it's like a complete waste of time to ever, to ever like really cancel someone or to not like someone just because of something that they said or some opinion that they have, because you really don't know who they are. And that's why the person saying it shouldn't really give a shit at all. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm going to say this, be, not because I am a fan of this guy, but because I want, I would love to hear this guy's opinions. It's interesting that no one has talked to OJ on a podcast before. Yeah, dude, I would love to do that. <laughs> dude, that's what I'm saying. I would love to get inside that guy's brain. Like just yeah. if he went, Joe Rogan would never have him on. Joe Rogan won't even have Trump on. He will not have OJ on, but just to like listen to that conversation, dude. Oh For my sure. God. Well, it's, 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 yeah. It's dumb that like some people wouldn't because like whether you agree with someone or not, like it's just interesting. Like no one can debate that. Like that guy doesn't have one of the most interesting lives of all time. Like whether he's a bad person or not, like I, I, pe people love listening to serial killers. Like yeah. we don't get canceled for these TV shows, interviewing people who murdered like 200 people. Like, you know what I mean? It is it's weird. Just like, it's so weird that there's a sliding scale for like yeah. what's socially acceptable or not. And the more I realize that, the more I just don't care because you can never, you can never appeal 
appeal to everybody. Hey, if anyone's a psychologist out there, I have a podcast idea for you. Next time you go, it, you, you go to different max security prisons and you bring two microphones and you have podcasts with serial killers. That's a great idea. Great idea. I, I, that probably exists. There's no way that doesn't exist. Well, it probably exists like interviews with them and stuff that are posted online, but not as a, as a, as a show podcast series. First podcast I ever listened to. And it was list. I had to listen to it because I was in forensics class was the podcast serial. Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. It was like this podcast. The only season I listened to was one, but it was, it's this podcast about um, this guy and he was convicted of murdering his girlfriend when he was 19. And it was like this whole podcast trying to prove him innocent. Cool. Really cool. Um, now, that. dude, that stuff is fascinating. Yeah, dude. But like, like, I like to hear things that I don't hear about all the time. Like, whether it's good or bad, it's not that murder is okay in any way. It's because it's not. But it's like it murder is so prevalent in other animals. Like, and lions kill lions all the time. Other animals kill animals all the time. And it's like we, humans evolved to this point where we understand. It's because of consciousness. We're going to get into this. It's because we, we have this idea that we, the people are people and people are individuals. And so by taking that away, it's, you, we can take yours away, right? But it's like it's so crazy that we evolved to this point because really we're just mammals. And chimpanzees kill things all the time. And if you th- look at how aggressive they are and how aggressive we are, it's like we're not that far. We're like four genomes away. And it, but it's because of this idea that everybody has something special that they bring because no matter who you are, you believe that there's something going on here that you can't explain, you know? For sure. There's, it's like, we like to tap into the things that we know we want to do, but we can't. Everybody who's like, I mean, okay, this might sound too crazy, but like everyone, not saying everybody's wanted to murder someone, but everyone has had feelings that like you could understand like how you could, you know what I mean? Like if you, when you're super angry at someone or someone really like, you know, a guy's like cheating on like a gir- your girl with like, you know what I mean? Like everybody like knows that you have those and people do it. People act upon them and everybody has just as a human, like those things within them. And I think that's why it's so fascinating because you're like exploring people that actually took that step um, because everybody knows that they have it inside of them. We all have the ability and the primal instinct to do horrific things that thankfully are laws that protect us from acting upon those things. And we have um, education and philosophy to keep us in check. But every, every most, most, I mean, you can't say every, but mostly every human has those primal things because we are animals. Um, so to neglect that we have those urges or we have the capabilities to feel those things is just living in delusion. And I think that's why people are fascinated by it. And I think it's why it's good for us to explore that and understand more about like why these people did these things and become more educated on, um, what caused someone to do that. Because number one, it'll prevent you from ever doing that. Um, you probably won't anyways, but it also gives you an insight to just learning more about your humanity, which can only help you grow and understand people and, you know, put yourself on, uh, put yourself in someone else's shoes, which is always really good for just being a good human. Yeah. And it's why when you see a, a man killed this other guy for raping his daughter or a, or a guy in prison murders a child molester, it's why people like release him or like, you know, don't, don't um, indict him and things like that because people 
we have those primal urges and we have this idea for people who are should be ostracized from society that by ending their life, it's not actually immoral. Right. Um, I just think back to the 1700s and how our vice president killed and one of the founders in a duel and how we just dueled. Like people used to just duel. I challenge you all to a duel. Like just think yeah, about 100%. that. We used to throw people into coliseums with lions. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people think that humans are innately like, well, it's, it's weird. It's like a John Locke argument, but people like humans have horrible innate like tendencies and stuff and without any type of like social fabric or uh, spirituality, I believe, or like systems in place or with education, like you're going to act upon these things that you want to do. Like, you know, like people are going to want to do horrible things and we've seen it throughout history. The fact if we think that we're so special we're exactly the same as the humans that we're living in. We know a little bit more about the universe, but we're the same. We're the same creature. Well, look at the UFC. We talked about this last time, the violence of the UFC. It's this, it's yeah. gladi. It's modern day gladiator. People love MMA because they can do whatever the hell. Conor McGregor just broke his leg. We were like, Oh, but we wanted to watch it. We all wanted to watch the replay. We all wanted to see it. Sure. You know? Um, yeah. yeah, dude, people like to think that they're more moral than, our forefathers and things like that. But do you, you get placed in the situations where they were, you know, think I not to get into politics or anything, but I don't necessarily like when people say that all white people were racist in the past, because like, dude, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of white people risked their lives in the civil war to end slavery. Yeah. That's bullshit. Anyone that says that and, and any reasonable logical thinking person will say that, that that's bullshit. That every yeah. white person is that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> and I like how you up, I like how you brought up John Locke because dude John Locke in in his natural treaties, the second one, I'm pretty sure, the second treaties, he was talking about how basically people the reason we have government is because people need protection of their property and property was broad back then. It was life, liberty, and their house. And that mm-hmm. without in true anarchy with no government, I'm going to come and take your shit if I have a gun or a knife, you know? Yeah. And people forget that, dude. Like, people, like, when they were all talking about, when people try to, like, push for these, now I think everyone should have the equal starting point. When everyone, when they're, like, talking about how everyone should start the level playing field and it, it should be a race to the top, like, it shouldn't be a race to the top, but it's like, dude, like, you forget that there are evil people in this world that if there are not regulations to stop them, they will kill other people and who are standing in their way like to an extent ceos of large corporations will just stop on people who are like wanting who are um competing with them and we don't think about that enough oh, that gross negligence is, is horrible yeah like you know like the classic story of like um i forget which car company it was but you know one of the biggest it was either honda ford something like that they had um uh, they had like a car that, that they knew uh, that they had released. They had sold like 50,000 cars or something. And they later on discovered that after a certain amount of miles, which it wasn't that many, like it would explode and usually would probably kill everyone in the car. So they had like a big financial meeting to, de- to determine whether they should recall the cars 
or if the lawsuits from all the debts would be more cost efficient. And they determined that it would be more cost efficient to just let everyone die and get sued than it would be to recall the cars. And they decided to let it go. Like that is the most evil like thing that you could ever think of that comes from sort of that drive for, you know, top corporation versus like um, extreme capitalism and stuff like that. And like, I'm a capitalist. Like I, I mean, I mean, capitalism can be really bad. Like, I don't really, I really don't know at this point in my life, like what I truly believe. I don't believe there's like a perfect system. The fact that anyone thinks that there is, I I just think people are mostly not smart enough to ever create a perfect system, but yeah, like just stuff like that is horrible. And you know, that's why I don't like either of the extremes because um, you know, the far liberals, they want like complete government control. Like that sounds horrible. Like what you want someone who usually isn't elected to dictate like how I'm going to live my life and come to force me to do things, uh, trumping on my own type of personal beliefs or, but then there's the, the, the contrast, like the super, super conservative, though, no government, like complete anarchy. No, I'm not down for that either. Like, I don't want to have, like you said, evil people come. So it's, <clears throat> I just, it's weird because so many people believe that, but the way that the media and I, I really believe that this is sort of like a wild conspiracy, but this is the only logical way I can think about it is I think that there are um, business corporation entities that are so big and have so much money that they really control everything that goes on and they don't allow the the common sense people, the majority of the people who think like us, they don't allow that to happen. I think that they control some of the media and they can control some of the narratives for stuff. And I think that they perpetuate that because the divisiveness is beneficial to them. And like people like really with like the, like the level-headed mindsets, um, civil people, I don't think that it's as good for um, business and they don't want people to go after, you know, all the money that they've made or all the power that they've exceeded because I think, with uh, the uprising of just like regular thinking people, honest people, I think that it would lead to more of like, it would lead to more evil uh, playing field just because people want to be reasonable. They want to help each other. They want to make sure everybody's like grinding. Like, of course there's going to be like classes, but they want to be able to support and just create an ideal society. But I don't think that really big corporations with tons of money and who are on top right now, I don't think they want that. I think that they want to stay on top and they want to be able to push people down for as long as they can. So they're going to be able, they want to perpetuate the divisiveness through the way that you control the masses through media, through pop culture, all that stuff. So it could or couldn't be true, but that's the only way I've kind of thought about it. Like there has to be some type of evil at the top that doesn't, allow it to happen. And like religiously too, like I I believe that um, humans are innately good, but like God created humans, like with a a pure good soul, but um, my own personal religious beliefs, like Satan is, uh, and you know, the evil is in the world and that's going to dip into a lot of things. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's sad, but that just makes it more special to be a good person and try to have a positive impact on, anyone that you meet, but yeah, kind of crazy, but you know, I feel like there could be some merit in it. Not that crazy first off. And you know, I like what you're saying. Um, you know, God gave us free will, you know, we have free will. So Satan can, you know, I believe there's and Satan. I believe in God and Satan puts his, his mark on the world by making you get everything you wanted in the wrong ways. But back to what you said about, um, 
something at the top. I think truly, I think it's Russia, China, North Korea. They have cyber, it's cyber attacks. It's, it's, they have bots who are pushing these agendas because they know the liberal world is, was, is at the top by America. America is the, is the leader of the free world. You know, we are, and by getting us arguing with each other, they're stopping us from stopping camps, dude. These Putin kills all of his enemies. China has camps for Muslims and everything. North Korea is so bad. Like people don't understand how oppressive, like you're going to scream oppressive oppression in America. And sure there has been there. We did have slavery at one point, but we always fight for what's better in America. We always have, and we can speak about things. You want to talk about oppression? You can talk about the Soviet Union. We can talk about North Korea right now. North Korea, you're gay, killed. You're dissenting, killed. You don't bow down to the leaders, killed. They're starving their people right now. They are starving their people right now because they shut off their borders because of COVID. They did this in the 90s. They didn't want any help. Um, Stalin did this in the Holodomer. And now China did it in the Great Leap Forward. Now North Korea is doing it again. They're, they lock off their borders and everyone at the top gets the food. The, the ills get the food and the Kim Jong-un gets the food. And everybody else, millions of people just starve and die. And we don't talk about it because we're fighting about fucking trans activism, which is fine, but it's like, dude, there are problems. People are starving. People are dying in other countries. And we're going to sit here and be, and I believe it's them. I believe it's those countries keeping them pointed at us because then we get, we, we fight with each other instead of really being what we've always wanted is fighting communism is fighting the, the evil that's in the world, terror, all the things that we have fought for, for so long. It's, it's better if they can make us fight with each other because then we won't be focused on the evil that actually exists. Yeah, it seems like we have so many problems that could be solved with just like being more understanding, like easy solutions to like big problems that we have in America. And it seems like, yeah, it could be perpetuated by something else, not wanting us to keep like trying to keep us distracted from pursuing like real evils, like not say there's not evils in America, but um, yeah, it definitely seems like a lot of the stuff that we fight over is really like stuff that we could we could really overcome if people really wanted to but for some reason it doesn't you know it's sad though we don't talk we talk about we we sit here and we think we're so advanced and everything i was talking to a psychedelic artist his name is john gay so dope dude i talked to him for hours on end but he was talking we were talking about consciousness and plants and i'm a pretty scientific guy who doesn't necessarily believe in that but when they, they speak to me we're like yeah we think he's like he he put he laid it out for me like this he was like, humans think we're the most advanced species. He's like, oh, there's a lion. I'm going to go get my gun and shoot this lion. I'm the top dog. You eat a plant, you eat a mushroom, and you are interdimensionally traveling. And so he's like, so then who is actually the most advanced species? Is it you who can do what you want? Or is it this plant that can change what you think? And it made me yeah, think right. about how plants are so good. I listened to this on the Michael Pollard, Joe Rogan podcast. If you haven't listened to that, everybody go check it out. It's fascinating. And they were talking about because we, we tend to think plants aren't conscious because they can't move, but we can't, because they can't move, they've created toxins. They've created psychedelic elements to make animals do what they want them to do. And that's a form of intelligence. They communicate to each other. He was telling me this story been on the earth a lot longer than we have. True, bro. And he was telling me about how there's this story about this. There's two trees in a, in, a, in a place by themselves. And one of them got struck by lightning and fell over. And the other tree kept it alive through its roots because it, was lo- it didn't want to be lonely. Wow. 
fascinating. And we just sit here and we're fighting with each other because we think we're these top dogs, but we don't even know, dude. Like there are plants, there are other animals, there are all these species on the earth and we're all just on a floating rock in the middle of space. Yeah. No, uh, that kind of reminds me of a cool thing I just heard in, um, which one was it? I was watching, I love watching like old samurai movies. And uh, there was this guy and he was just like going through a lot and he was like out in the wilderness uh, in like a Japanese like forest. And he was sitting there, he was like super depressed. And uh, a Shaolin monk came up to him and was like, like, what is wrong? Like young grasshopper or whatever, you know, like the cliches or whatever. But uh, he's like, so what's wrong grasshopper? He's like, I'm so lonely. Like, I don't think I can make it through this life. And he's like, ha like silly man. So lonely around and around. And there was like, there was like, like bugs and stuff. He's like so lonely around so much, so much life or something like that. Like people didn't realize like the world is alive. Like there's so many like creatures and everything around. And it's like way more, we take it for granted. And, you know, I'm not going to say don't be a degenerate and just all you want to do is like drugs your whole life. I'm just saying like a lot of the most mellow people and best people I've ever met have been like almost like hippie formed, you know, and they just want love and peace. And it's just like, no, there are things you need to argue about and things like that. And you don't even want to be a degenerate, like I said, but it says something that when you're more in touch with nature and you can feel this, if you go to the beach, I mean, you live in LA, you go to the beach, you go into the forest and you just sit there and just like feel Mm -hmm. the magnitude of it. Or even if you stare at a large mountain or something, you can feel your minusculeness and you can, or even staring at the sky and seeing the stars and you feel this connectedness and this calmness that the earth gives you. And that's why we call it mother earth because it really is this, it's, it's, it's what keeps us alive. Definitely. It's, it's really important to go do those kinds of things because it also helps you realize like, yeah, it's good to have goals. It's good to work hard and everything, but we're just going to die anyway. So it really doesn't matter. Like what you do. It really doesn't matter. Like any job you have, like it's hard to think like this when you want to be successful and you're a hard worker, but it's just, if you believe you're going to heaven, like it, it really doesn't matter. Like we socially construct the idea of success and jobs and career moves, but like none of that stuff is important at all. Like it's not going to go with us. Like the only things that really matter, I think is how we uh, experience the world and how we show love to others and the positive impacts we had on people. So that's why I say like anyone who like if like a person who's a slave to their job and just unhappy their whole life, but they're making tons of money or someone who never had a job a day in their life, but they just have so much joy just being in the world and having conversations with people like who's, and they like live on like in a shack, like on the beach, like who's really more successful when you die, who really like have like a better life. You know what I mean? That's, it's so interesting to think about that. Cause sometimes I'm like, man, I should just, you know, just quit it all and just enjoy it. Cause we're only here for a, a small amount of time, but yeah, it's, it's all about your perspective and, 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 and like experiencing nature always makes me think about that too, is like, whatever I'm doing, it really, like it matters to me, but like in the grand scheme of things, it's really not that important. So it gives you a lot less pressure, a lot less stress to like achieve, achieve, achieve. It's like, just like have fun, like do your best because it's ultimately your own life and the things that you really think matter probably don't matter as much as the things that actually matter. Well, man, I think that's a great way to end it. Thank you so much for coming on again. Love talking to you, man. It's, it's always fun. We always, it, it makes my mind grow so much. So thanks for coming on, man. It's, it's always a pleasure. Sure, dude. Really fun. Um, you're great at this podcast. Too. I can't wait to see where this goes. Um, and you're already starting 
in college, which is amazing. And uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my brother. It's cool that we've been able to stay in touch as much, considering how busy our lives are. And I'm a big fan. And thanks for having me on, dude. Definitely, man. Episode 69 with Bobby. Bobby for real. You know, it's really cool to talk to people from Pacific and people that I looked up to when I started college and started my journey and to see how much they're growing. And Bobby is such an influence and he's such a great, I admire him so much. Go check him out on our social media. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, stay demanding.